This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today I'm joined by Dave Prentice, Gavin Buckland, and Adam Jones. This is you, the battle for all the major talking points at Goodison Park, and of course, preview the Merseyside Derby 237th. Meeting between the two sides, Everton are top of the league, firing on all cylinders, 100% record and number nine, you can't top, stop scoring, but of course we're all nervous as hell. Um, <laughs> Prano, how are you, uh, how are you feeling ahead of the uh, top 30 tomorrow? Oh, same way I always feel before derbies, I hate them. <laughs> I just want it over and done with already, uh, I'll take a draw now and uh, be, quite, be quite content with that. What makes it worse is that there's there's a sense of anticipation and a sense almost of cautious optimism about this one that we've not sensed for a long, long time uh, because obviously you know the, the team has started the season so well uh, because Liverpool got absolutely royally destroyed last time they played um, and also because you know Jurgen Klopp's had no time to work with his team since that you know seven two demolition because uh, they've all been away on international duty. But that creates a bit of an imponderable for us as well, you know, mm. as it interrupted our momentum. Um, how is the journey back from South America going to affect three of our most important players? So it's it really is like up in the air. It's a massively unpredictable one. So cautiously optimistic with a little bit of mild terror mixed in. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, are you uh, are you feeling mild terror like Prenner? No, I'm I'm full of optimism and confidence. <laughs> um, no terror whatsoever. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, you feel I mean we've been done countless derby podcasts over the years, and and when we start to talk about whether we're going to win or not, and I always my 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 answer is normally you know we we get beat in derby matches because we we don't we haven't got players who are good. Um, yes. and I think. In this occasion, we've got players who were, who were very good enough to, to, to win the derby. We've got a front three of top quality players. Um, we've got players of, you know, um, in well-balanced midfield. And I think we, we've got well enough to win tomorrow. It's different to what when we played. I was just thinking about when we played you know, 2013, Martin as his first year. We had a really good mm. team. But we've got a better ta- talented, better balanced and talented team than them easily you know I think for the first time in 40 years we've got a team that could genuinely hurt Liverpool in terms of having three or four top quality players and mm. that's you know so I haven't said over the years we don't win for the Derby because the players aren't good enough I'm now obliged to say we can win this even regardless of how Liverpool is playing by the way yeah. well enough in, in, on the pitch uh, to, to win yeah mm. we'll um We'll have to use Gav just while we st- just just while we've been speaking to you, mate. We'll have to. Uh, I'll, I'll try and read out some of the stats you've sent me on email. You you obviously haven't tried it <laughs> because it's an absolute bumper edition, but it's probably worth it. It's probably worth a story on our website in its own right because it is. It's just like it's a great stats read. So um, we'll pick a few out later. Ad, um, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm probably I'm probably more on the side of Preno in some sort of mild terror sort of state because. <laughs> We just have been in this position so many times before, haven't we? Like Gav mentioned the amount of times we've done these pre-Derby podcasts and 
I feel like I just say it every single time, every single year. It's just like, oh, this year's got to be different. You know, we've got to attack this game differently. We've got to impose ourselves on it. We've got to focus on ourselves, not focus on Liverpool. And all of that still counts. But I think Gav is also right in saying that this is probably the best quality of team that we've had going into a derby in a very, very long time. And they've shown it already this season. You know, seven wins to start the season is no mean feat from Everton. And uh, I think that's got that's got to be taken into account when you go into these games. But there's always that lingering feeling at the back of your mind that just goes, uh, we're the team in form. Liverpool have just come off the back of a horrible defeat. It's only leading one way this weekend. And I, I, th- I suppose there's only one way that's going to stop that mindset. And it's Everton finally being able to win one of these games after you know 10 years without winning a derby is an absolute joke to be honest so there's only one way they can they can kind of put those feelings to the back of our minds and that's by actually getting a victory over Liverpool and then let's be honest they're not really going to have a better chance to do that than tomorrow Prano um, you know Gav Gav speaking logically about the strength of our team um, the last time of course and, and, and nobody needs reminding last time we won a derby was October 17th 2010 10 years to the day tomorrow how, do, how does we put Liverpool's side have obviously significantly improved since that that period and have gone on to win things since 2010? But what about our team? Our team now to the team that played Liverpool that day, and I'll read it out for you just to jog your memory. Oh dear! Right, Howard, Howard, <laughs> Phil Neville, Jagielka, Distan, Baines, Coleman, Heitinger, Arteta, Osman, Cahill, Yakubu. Wow. Better than I thought, to be fair. Although Coleman playing right midfield, was he that mm, day? He was. was. An, an, an interesting... He was still a pup there now, wasn't he? So, uh... <laughs> yeah, very much so. No, I mean, I, I totally take on board what, um, what what Gavin was saying. And, you know, so we have improved significantly uh, in the space of, you know, only two or three months. What, you know, gives me that little tremor of uh, mild terror is the fact that Liverpool are so good at the moment and we have to hold our hands up and admit that. Mm. They are a team that are the Premier League champions or the world champions. They've lost, I think it's four Premier League games in two years. This is an absolutely phenomenal run that they are on, but they've wobbled uh, and they've wobbled significantly over the last uh, few weeks. Uh, they're still a great side. They've still got great quality, but they're not quite in that like imperious run they were having, uh, you know, maybe this time last year. Uh, you know, a number of the influential players are struggling for form. Uh, bit disappointed, Joel Matip's been training this week because Joe Gomez looks like he's struggling, and that might have been somewhere we could have targeted. But they've also missing Allison as well. So it's the you know, the goalkeeping situation. How's that going to affect both particular clubs? So yeah, totally get you know that we are significantly better and much more quality than we have been in some time. Although we've had these situations before, as Adam says, um, if you think about this appalling 10-year spell, which really is quite shameful, to be honest. I mean, I I was a kid who remembers uh, seven years of that Derby win between 71 and 78, and that felt like a lifetime. So for this to be even longer, it is quite, you know, absolutely shameful. Um, But in that 10-year period... There have been a couple of occasions where we finished above Liverpool in the league and still haven't beaten them. So I don't know. I mean, uh, yes, we have got a much better quality team than we have had for a long time, but they're also a very, very good side, which is why I think it's so unpredictable and it could go either way. And what is it? Three of the last four, you know, Goodison Darby's have been nil-nil draws. I think this could be quite the opposite. I think we could be seeing uh, quite a nice, open, entertaining game for a change. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. 
Um, the best I've ever seen was that 3-3 draw uh, that we mentioned earlier. That was absolutely manic, and I don't think I could, you know, my hands didn't stop shaking for, <laughs> for, you know, sort of for hours afterwards. So if we get something like that again tomorrow, wow, yeah, we're in for a treat. And well, for some you know, nervousness as well. Well, sadly, Gav's, Gav's stats says not, nothing of the sort will happen. Seven of the last eight, <laughs> seven of the last eight Goodison derbies have been drawn. Draws, the exception is yeah. Liverpool's 1-0 victory in December 2016, which was heading for a draw, wasn't it? Uh, until stoppage time, with four games goalless, including the last three. Gav, La- I mean, lies, damn Gav lies, stats statistics. being party poofers again, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gav, you, you've spoken such confidence, yet have, have emailed here to me in black and white that this is this yeah. is nailed off for a nil-nil. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be, or it could be a tight one-nil, and we win. You know, it's just I, I get exactly what I, I get exactly what the lads are saying. I'm just saying the, the you know. We've got at least, I would say, probably five, probably six players who tomorrow will start the game who are at least very good, and and then one one of them potentially world class. Yeah. And I don't think very good players have things. I don't think like mindsets and stuff like that come into things with very good players. They're very good players because they have the right mindset, and I think. I think Richarlison, even though he's been at Everton for a couple of years, he has that mindset. I mean, Takore, what was what happened last time Takore played against Liverpool? He, he destroyed them, didn't he? Yeah, uh, 3-0. You know, so the likes of Alan, I don't think it's hard, he's going to play, you know, play on his mind in terms of, you know, um, psychologically. And, and that's what I'm saying is very good players and very good players full of confidence and playing together in, in a well-balanced way. Is, is is it makes it even more compelling the case. The downside to that is, of course, our defence. So just looking at the defence that we had in 2013, that they all game, even though we conceded today, we had Coleman, Jackie Elkadistan and Baines, which mm. would probably take tomorrow, to be honest with you. Um, so I think the key for me with us tomorrow is how well they play, play defensively and how well the goalkeeper plays. I think if we can, if we can, you know, assuming everybody's fit, I know Carlo's Hinton or said that today. Um, if we keep it tight, then we we've eminently capable of of uh, winning the game. I don't think we if we get beat tomorrow, it won't be because we haven't turned up. It'll be, that won't be it. It will be, it will be other reasons. Um, and we and I think um, that's why I'm full of confidence because logically I have to be Phil because I've yeah. sat obviously you've so many podcasts saying. You don't win derbies because the players are good, not good enough. It's not about mindsets and not turning up the day. It's just not being good enough. Mm. Um, and uh, so logically, now we have got players good enough. We have to be in with a good chance of winning. Yeah. No. Well said. Um, you mentioned Gavin. I'll ask Adam to start the conversation upon this. You mentioned the goalkeeper having a good day, Adam. Um, I think many Evertonians listening to this, or or, or you know maybe even most will, in the back of their minds, be concerned about how Jordan Pickford will approach the game tomorrow. Um, mm. how, do you, how, how confident, how um, mm. at ease or not are you about about our goalkeeper tomorrow? It's interesting, isn't it? If you'd have asked me that before England played their game against Denmark, then I would have said to you, uh, I'm feeling fairly confident because I thought against Belgium, Jordan Pickford had a pretty, a pretty solid game. He wasn't called upon very much, but... When he was called upon, he, I thought his positioning was really good. The way he commanded his box was very good. I thought his distribution was very good. Obviously, he couldn't do anything about the penalty 
uh, that Romelu Lukaku scored on that day. But I think he had a really good game against Belgium. So I was thinking to myself that maybe, uh, yet again, we've seen an example of Pickford going on an international break and maybe his confidence has been restored after a bit of a shaky spell at Everton. But then, obviously, he has that game against Denmark. And he has, I think he got a bit of a bad rap for that penalty that was given away, to be honest. Because, for one, I don't think it's a penalty in a million years. And for two, I still think our Walker can just boost it away. But he, he shouldn't be rushing out into that situation. I think we all know that. And it was just another one of those moments where you just think to yourself, it's another mistake that you just didn't need to be having going into this Merseyside derby. And it's interesting to see so much debate uh, from you know both sides. Stanley Park, of course, going into this game about the goalkeeper situation. And mm. uh, I, just, I just feel that Pick, Pickford, uh, he, he hasn't exactly filled me with confidence going into this game, but this could be, this could easily be the turn-on point. Let's just say, you know, a couple of years ago, he was absolutely incredible in one of those nil-nil draws against Liverpool. He was, he was. He pulled absolutely, off, yeah. Pulled off some fantastic saves. I think I remember one from Mo Salah in particular. He pulled off a, a really, really good save. So those performances are in him. And if he can pull off one of those performances again in, you know, what's going to be Everton's biggest test of the season so far, then how much of a confidence builder can that be for not just him, but for the players in front of him as well uh, going into the next few games? I think it just could be, it could be hugely crucial. So I, I, like, not that I want to put loads of pressure on Pickford considering the form he's in, but I think this could be one of his biggest games of the season, let alone just Everton's. I know who's who's got the bigger goalkeeping worry then because you know look we've both got concerns clearly about our goalkeepers at the minute but and Liverpool have they got more of a worry than, than we have we've both got concerns to be honest I mean I, I think that Jordan Pickford technically is the better goalkeeper uh, between Adrian and himself but psychologically he appears to have you know sort of issues and mm. I, th- I think there was like a certainly some kind of narrative at work in midweek. I mean, I sat, I don't often watch England, you know, sort of games and I, I sat watching that one and I can feel myself getting increasingly angry by the, uh, the analysis. I mean, Gary Neville, the comments he came out with that um, Jordan Pickford is a better, sorry, he's more suited to international football than he is Premier League football. And I didn't explain why. I just thought that was really strange. You know, how can you be better suited to international football than club football? I didn't quite understand that. Is that a pace um, of the game or something? Is that what he's getting out? Well, it, it wasn't uh, explained. So, you know, we were left hanging. I don't know. Because he then went on, as Adam says, to, to blame him for that uh, penalty incident, which, as we all know, wasn't. Well, I didn't think it was a penalty kick. But he accused him of creating panic in the penalty area. And I accept that, OK, maybe he could have stayed on his line. But I still think it's a large stretch to actually, uh, you know, sort of blame him for mm. that incident, which is what happened. And it was a narrative that was picked up in a number of the uh, national newspapers the following day, which, you know, even if he doesn't buy national newspapers, he'll have heard about it. You'll be aware of it. Yeah. You'll know there's increased scrutiny on him. And so that all feeds into this psychological issue that he's got at the moment. He overthinks things. He tries to get involved. I think, as Gavin said in the past uh, on these pods, he'd be happier if he was busier, if he was like, you know, so I want to fend away shots every two or three minutes because he concentrates then. Mm. And when you've got a game, we don't, obviously we don't want to play football like that. We want to control games and we want him to have as little to do as possible. But when he is called upon, he's got to, uh, to act. And yeah, it worries me. You know, of the two, I think Adrian is not... A, a better goalkeeper than Jordan Pickford. Yeah. But at the moment, Jordan possibly gives me a little bit more concern. 
Um, you know, he's better quality than Adrian, but you know, is he capable of concentrating throughout 90 minutes? I don't know, but it's another one of those imponderables, which makes it just such a, a very, very difficult game to call tomorrow. Gav, have you got any 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 thoughts on on the goalkeeper conundrum that that subplot, if you like? Uh, on Pickford, no, we, we've said done to death. Have me Pickford. I think Asian Asian or what? That would be a cut. I think I think our defence is more used. We're playing with Pickford. Liverpool's defence is quite clearly effective when Agent's playing behind him, isn't he? Rather than Allison. You saw yeah. that Aston Villa. And I think that's the big difference between the two teams is that the impact of the goalkeeper on the defence. The fact that Pickford is 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 obviously has been our I means I don't think he's missed a Premier League game actually since he started. No. Uh, with Agents no. but as I say, is it's sort of plays and fits and starts. And the two things there is A, that's not great for the defence who are not used to playing in front of you and this poor form as you saw Aston Villa also has an unsettling effect so I think though there's question marks over over both keepers I'd much rather have Pickford in the derby tomorrow than than the other one yeah what about um, average age of, of the squad or maybe the starting 11 um, if you go back to the, the game in June, which behind, behind closed doors, the ever-reliable evident results tell me that the average age of our starting eleven that night was 24 and 356 days. Now, if you go back to the mm. last time we won a derby, uh, just doing some very, very rough, quick maths. I mean, look, we have to work out the average age. But you've got Howard, who was 30, Neville, 33, Jags, 28, Distan, 32, Baines, he was 25, Coleman was the youngest at 21, Heitinger, 29, Arteta, 28, 29, Osman, K, you know, you know, 30. Is that going to be, play a difference? You know, we're looking for answers from the past and obviously it was a long time ago, different, different players, different managers, different team we're facing. But do you think that the fact that we've added experience and, that, and the average age of the squad is going to be and the team is going to be older, do you think that's going to help us uh, tomorrow? Yeah, I think certainly it's got to help, hasn't it? I think last time, last time we played against Liverpool in June, we had... Anthony Gordon making his first Premier League start on uh, on the left wing. We had was Tom Davis was playing in centre mid as well, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Alongside yeah. Uh, Andre Gomez, and you know Tom's obviously an, an experienced Premier League player in his own right, but he's still a very young player and he's still got a lot to learn. Anthony Gordon obviously was make, trying to make his first impression, and then we had you know Richarlison, Dominic Calvert Lewin, still young. Alex Wobie's still fairly young as well. Yes. He started that last derby as well, so. Yeah, we had a lot of youth spread across spread across the squad uh, that day. And to be honest, we were kind of unlucky not to come away with the three points in the end, thanks to those late chances. So I think the addition of that kind of experience and, you know, it's it's the experience you know, of James Rodriguez and Alan in particular. You know, these players have played in the Champions League. You know, Rodriguez in particular has played in some of the some of the biggest games, the toughest stadiums in, in world football. So he's not going to be phased by coming into an empty Goodison Park and facing up against Liverpool, regardless of how good Liverpool are. And, you know, obviously, Preno mentioned their incredible record over the last two years, and that's fine. But James Rodriguez isn't going to be phased by that. He'll think to himself, oh, well, I've played, I've played against teams just as good as, if not better than you over the last few years, and I can, I can break you down. You know, similarly to Alan, he's played in, Napoli teams that have beaten Liverpool in the past so he'll be surely thinking to himself oh well I've got the experience to come in and uh, and really affect this game we've mentioned Abdoulaye Decore of course he's got bags of Premier League experience and has experience of beating Liverpool fairly recently as well 
So yeah, I think that's all going to work in a in Everton's favour, to be honest, because they just need to go in and focus on themselves. Don't really focus on how much how, how well Liverpool are playing or you know how good Liverpool's team are. It should be about how well we're playing. We're a really good and cohesive unit at the minute, and uh, we need we just need to try and continue that, regardless of who our opponent is. But what have you? I don't know how much of the press conference you caught or how much of, of Carlo's. Um media work you've seen or read in the last couple of days. Um, do you do you sense that the man, this manager is giving off different different vibes and a different air of, of confidence to, to maybe some of the previous managers, you know, Marco, um, Allardyce, uh, Ronald before him? I think possibly he is, yes. I think he's trying to do what, if I recall correctly, what, what David Moyes did ahead of that uh, 2010 derby, the last last one that we actually won. Because uh, if you remember, Liverpool were in a bit of disarray at the time. Mm. Um, I think, uh, in fact, that might have been their FSG's first match. Uh, it as was, yeah. Owners. And um, David Moyes had been keen to try and play the significance of the derby down during the week amongst his players. Because it's it's very much an Everton thing, isn't it, to get you know sort of absolutely intense about it, you know, to have Duncan Ferguson bouncing around the training ground, to have the local players, you know, reinforcing to the foreign players exactly how much this means. And that, you know, worked in some respects a long time ago. You know, the Dogs of War era, you know, four and a half years without a derby defeat. What would you give for something like that now? Mm. Uh, but that was when Everson were able to get under Liverpool's skin and, you know, basically be more aggressive than they were, more passionate than they were and get results as a result. Football's a bit different now. And I think, you know, Carlo Ancelotti is the kind of manager that wants to try and have his team focused and intense, but also composed. And I think he'd be trying to get that message across to them. Look, you know, it, it's a very, very difficult football match, but, you know, you've got the quality to try and overcome it. So, yeah, I think there is uh, probably a different mindset at work. I think it's the correct mindset as well, uh, because you can overthink things in derbies. I mean, I still recall that one where uh, Rafa Benitez uh, actually substituted Steven Gerrard in a derby. And, uh, and he, you know, people were incredulous, you know, so why did you do that? Because he was trying too hard. You mm. think, what? And it was, you know, so it can be counterproductive sometimes to be putting too much into it, uh, doing the old Mick Lyons thing of heading the uh, dressing room ceiling before you went out there, <laughs> reliably informed he used to do. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think that has been a different mindset at work and I think it is the correct one, you know, sort of for this, uh, for this period. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, I think I know the answer, but do you, does Carlo have to change anything tomorrow? We're a hundred percent record. We won every game. We're scoring for fun. Does he have to change anything though? Good question. Um, thinking about this, this is this is the the imponderable, isn't it? Because he's has a, a modicum of success with Napoli, and if you count the draw, Goodison has success in in the summer, um, playing four four two against Liverpool, hasn't he? Mm. Um, two banks of four blocking the full backs off uh, and obviously his success this year is being geared around 4-3-3 so I'm just wondering whether he'll go if, I'm hoping he will go with 4-3-3 tomorrow but it's not the way that he's played against the group previously where he's got success and stopped him playing uh, he may play slightly deeper than what he's played in, in other games as well, perhaps, and hit them on the break like Aston Villa uh, the other week. So it's, 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 it's interesting how he sets the team up tomorrow. I'm assuming he'll go with 4-3-3, but you might just see a slightly deeper 
deeper, you know, deeper position of the team. It's, it's just stay with you, Gavin. It, it feels to me like it, as a manager, it must be such a look. Carlo's word is gospel, and because you know players will follow him till the, to the end of the earth. Almost, you get that feeling about Carlo. But if, if Carlo is minded to change the formation tomorrow, as a player, would you not be sort of maybe you'd be thinking, why are we changing just because Liverpool are coming to us? We're the one who's top of the league. We're the ones with the hundred percent record. We didn't get spanked seven two last week. Why? Why should yeah. we change? To, to me. You know, although you know, we fully trust Carlo, and and whatever he decides to go with, we'll, everybody will back. You could understand if some players would question the need to change. Yeah, and Carlo would just show you, here's me, here's me management medals and <laughs> football medals. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, think, just, I, football, I think footballers I think, are sensitive and suspicious souls, that, aren't they these days? Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I flew all the way back from South America for this game, and I'm on the bench. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think to be to, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I, I think normally players would take it as a manager change system, but I think for the derby tomorrow, yeah, you know, you would you would think that actually, what I would lose by changing my formation in a comfortable in in it that makes me more comfortable about playing Liverpool. What I lose there is more than what I would lose by play, you know, than sort of the players being upset, you know, I'd lose more by the players being upset, mm. I think, than what I'd use, lose by changing the system. And 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 I think it's all about, we spoke, I said confidence, I mean, we spoke about confidence a lot on the pod, haven't we, and, and stuff, and that confidence is done by, is he, by playing the same system, we can, we help knowing the, the balance is right and stuff. And mm. and I suppose that that's why Carlos thinking will be around keeping a four three three and not changing it like he like he's played against Liverpool in the past. So it, I just it's just interesting. I think you might just set up differently anyway to stop right. their fullbacks from, from kicking on. Yeah. Um, than what we've seen previously. So it may just be like a whatever the whatever the halfway is between four four two and four three three. You know, four and a half, three and a half, two and a half or something. <laughs> or something like that. You may you may see tomorrow, you know. Yeah, I'll be interesting to see how, how he sets up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be it's just being said, and like what is what the mindset is. I, I go four three three, play the same, you know, inflict your game on them. Yes, yeah, I think that's what I, if it's me, that's what I do. But I'm not as like a got three European cups and translated <laughs> management trophies, have mm-hmm. I? You know. You've you just created the four, two and a half, three and a half formula. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. Does, that, does that add up to 10? Yeah. <laughs> no. it will just, it, well, yeah, maths isn't the pod's strong point, so we'll just move on. Um, yeah, 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 we'll move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Gav, Gav talked about confidence there. And, you know, we, we're going into these games and we, we you know, we, I've, I've wheeled out the, 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 the recent stats of the history and, and, and why history points to it being a nil nil. Um, for confidence, is is a draw still a, a result that can uh, maintain confidence? Would still be unbeaten, or, or or do we have to go and win to to to, um, to to keep this sense of momentum going into the what would be the Southampton game the week later? Oh, I, I think I think a draw would still be a good way to to keep confidence up. I mean, I suppose it maybe 
maybe it depends on the circumstances of said draw. If it's a if it's a bit of a boring drab nil nil again, then you know it it might be it might be different than it being a high score and like a four four or something like that. Uh, obviously, there's there's different ways to go about drawing a game, but I think in terms of individual players' confidence as well, I think there's no reason for any individual player in the uh, in the Everton squad at the minute to be to to be any low on confidence at all. I think you know especially. We've looked at Calvert-Lewin, the amount of confidence that he's carried so far this season, carried that into the international break and bagged his, uh, bagged his first England goal. So he'll be riding high coming back. I think perhaps Gilfie Sigurdsson will be coming back being one of the most confident players in the squad mm-hmm. considering how well he plays over the international break. And to be honest, I'd start him over Andre Gomez if it were down to me. But... You know, obviously, I'm not. I'm not Carlos. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I just think that every single player in that Evans, you know, whoever Carlo Ancelotti does end up picking, every single player in that squad will be so much, so full of confidence going into this game. And I, I find it hard to believe that whatever happens over the course of ninety minutes, that that can suddenly just be er- eradicated over the course of just one game. I think. We're going to carry some sort of confidence into the next game, regardless. I think probably a, a draw or fingers crossed getting a win under our belt is obviously the best way to carry that momentum forward. And it's it's all about consistency, isn't it? At the start of the start of the season, now just keeping keeping going. That's that's the issue that we've had throughout the last few years. It's just that huge lack of consistency. We can't let the international break stunt our momentum and stunt that in, uh, stunt that consistency now. We need to just take that forward, play the same way that we've been playing, attack this game the same way we have done. And, you know, if we do that, I think regardless, we're going to carry that through into the Southampton game anyway. Preny, you you mentioned Moisey's approach to that, specifically that 2010 game. Um, Why do you think that the managers that have followed um, David have, have not cracked it? What, what what have they not done or what have they done? Have they have they you know, I spoke about, you know, Gavis spoke about maybe Carlo changing it. Have they changed too much? Um, you know, look obviously we have to we have to accept that the you know, the the players in front of them maybe just haven't necessarily had the quality, but but what mistakes have, have the of the uh, preceding managers made? Well, I wish I knew the answer to that. I mean Marco Silva got very, very close uh, with a couple of occasions. I mean, uh, one one of the most uh, progressive and impressive performances at Anfield that we've seen for some mm. time against a very, very good Liverpool team. And then we all know what happened in the in time added on. The one I think which was the massive missed opportunity was the Sam Allardyce derby, uh, you know, when Liverpool named, you know, uh, pretty much a second string forward line. And, um, and I'm ignoring the FA Cup tie deliberately. <laughs> um, <laughs> named, a, named a second string forward line. And, um, you know, we, we had a little go at them. Dominic Calvert-Lewin missed an absolute sitter right at the end, if I recall. Uh, but there was almost like the feeling that, you know, a draw was OK in a game like that. Um, it's funny, actually, just listen to Adam then, you know, about say, the, the confidence that, you know, what, um, what a win could make. And, you know, a draw, I think, would continue the momentum. You know, there, there are draw, good draws and bad draws. That nil-nil draw where Dominic Calvert-Lewin missed that you know, late chance it was a bad draw, definitely, because there was an opportunity there. I think a draw tomorrow, depending on the circumstances of the game, you know, so it could be a positive. But to take it a bit further, a victory could do incredible things. I mean, I wrote about it, a piece which went on the site a couple of hours ago um, about you know Liverpool's catchphrase, their marketing slogan, this means more. This derby match doesn't mean more to them because they've you know, been winning them for the last 10 years. 
Everton haven't won one for 10 years. And this is already a very good team. They proved that. But getting the confidence of winning a derby match can do strange things to a football team. It can make, you know, a, a good team a very, very good team. You know, when I, mean, I referenced the 1984 derby at Anfield, you know, we hadn't won there for 14 years. And, you know, what that did to that team. Now, OK, I don't want to compare this team to that because mm. that is the greatest team that you know, we've ever seen in the history of the football club. This is like a, a promising team. Uh, but even Joe Royal's team in 94 that were bottom of the league and, uh, you know, won a Goodison derby and then went, as I said earlier, on this nearly five-year unbeaten run against Liverpool because of the confidence that they could do it. So if Everson can get a win tomorrow and can beat them, that could be such a massive boost for the rest of the season. Because it basically says, look, you're as good as these. You know, Joe, you can get results against anybody. And, you know, confidence is such an incredible quality for a football team to have. So, you know, it's, it, it is. It's, it's, it, it could be a very, very significant, very, very pivotal match, depending upon how it ends. Mm, almost saying that a victory could be, you know, when, when does a good start to the season become the start of something big? Almost, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Gav, the, the, the sort of thing that's sort of hanging in the air over oh, sort of over me a little bit is is the transatlantic flight not not so much Yeri Mina but but James Rodriguez uh they were both back including Richardson both back at Finch Farm on Thursday Carlo hasn't said how much or how little training they've done but we're using this time so they recover properly um he has said before the international break that if he isn't fully fit he would start him on the bench Will he start tomorrow? Do you think? Which one? Hamez. Hamez. Sorry. Uh, in the system one, in it. I mean that that opens up the the, the four four two then, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it was the formula pool managers used to say like players flying flying long distances is like putting a sugar into a petrol tank, you know. Mm. And I, I get that and. You know, and that, that might come into it, Phil. You don't know. He's seen him in training. I mean, what I would say, it's not, it's not, it's not. You know, I would imagine Rodriguez and Richarlison. It's not, it's not the first time we've flown from South America to Europe, isn't it? They'll have their, they'll have their sort of pre and post flight, you know, lifestyle or whatever sorted, won't it? To, to, to yeah. ma- you maximise the fitness and you know we eat the right things and sleep at the right time and all that type of stuff. So um, it's not something they've not done before. Um, I can't I mean you might can't remember the Charles when he's played for Brazil when he's come back and you've thought so he looks a bit leggy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so it'd be it'd be interesting in my time to this tactical thing. You know, yeah. but it goes back I suppose what it goes back to it doesn't it really is. It goes back to like the quality of the team that we've got at the moment. What would if you were Ancelotti, what would Klopp least likely least want you to do? And that would be have Rodriguez on the pitch at the start. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what's in doubt. The worst thing Klopp would want is what would to see Rodriguez out there at the start, even if you get an hour out of him, you know. Yeah. And I think uh, I think regardless of how fit he is, I think it was I'd rather see him playing from the start than on, on the bench, to be fair, unless Carlo wants to change the team round. I mean, I would imagine with four four two that would bring Sigurdsson back into it, as Adam was saying. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, I'm not I'm not too concerned because they've done it before, several, you know, many times. So, but you don't know, do you? You're not seeing mm. them on the pitch. But of course, Hamez doesn't need to sprint, as we found out this season. So, well, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just think a genius on the pitch. I mean, <laughs> what I would say is, I've been testing to 
it, I'm trying to think when was the last time Everton went into a derby where the best player on either team was from Everton well, interestingly, there was, um, Adam, you, you, you might be able to, to clarify this for me. There was a graphic doing the rounds. I think we picked it up. Was it, was it from Amazon or BT? On, or based on this season, the combined 11. And now, look, mm. people listening to this will know that Prenod's an annual combined team and it causes all sorts of fury. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, like this stuff you, like, you've never <laughs> believed. But this one, based on this season, was heavily, it was weighted more for, for, for Blues players than Reds, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. I think, yeah. Uh... There were maybe was it maybe six six or seven Everton so, players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dean, I'm, I'm, Dean, Mina, Keane were in there. Calvert Lewin yeah. and Rodriguez were in there. And uh, was Alan Charles in there? was in there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. in there as well? Like, I, I, it, yeah. He was, yeah. You know, you know what the one I was surprised about? How does Alexander Arnold get ahead of Coleman? Well, I was yeah. about to say that, Gav, because I think I think there's a strong argument to say that Coleman's been among the best right backs in the league so far this season. Yeah. And, and he captained the team as well. You know, so I, I was just saying about Rodriguez, it's an important point though, isn't it? It goes back to like the threads of stars. He's like, I think he's the best player on either team. You know, yeah. which we've not had that in the derby for a long time. And I think if you, if you start off at that, any match and the best players on your team, then you have an advantage straight away. And, and I just think, uh, I, I just think he's, you know, he'd have to start on that basis because that's yeah. Klopp wouldn't want to see that. Perhaps. Mm. Yeah, it also underlines, you know, so how you know that change of mindset we were talking about before. Everton going into a match, you know, thinking of damage limitation, thinking of how uh, they can stop Liverpool playing. Because let's face it, Liverpool's attacking threat, you know, down the flanks is significant. You know, from Andy Robertson on one side. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold on the other, and so and you know notoriously, James Rodriguez you know tends to do most of his most effective work in the final third. You know he works, but he's not renowned for his defensive capabilities, which does put an awful lot of onus on Seamus Coleman. So you could argue that you know playing James would be a bit of a gamble, given how you know dangerous uh, Andy Robertson is. But the counter to that is, who's bothered? You know, so just you know, let them worry about what he can do in the final third and go at them and you know, so be positive. So it does. It sort of indicates that it is like a bit of um, you know a change of mindset. You know, we're going into this with a more positive uh, you know sort of thought rather than damage limitation. Yeah, and you can always move one of the midfielders out wide, right, or yeah. wide left when their full box have got the ball kind of as well so yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not it's not it's something that's not insurmountable and Carter would have thought it too obviously oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I just the more I think about it now the more I, I'm more of like keep the same team 4-3 three, three and inflict our game on them you know because that sent out a big big message you know mm, absolutely and, and it could have uh, it could send out whatever the result it could send out the right message to for the rest of the season for to the supporters obviously watching from home that Carlo is so confident about our team and how we play that it won't matter necessarily. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, Phil. I mean, in some respects, it's a, I've sort of raised about this before, um, like that. Um, it's In some respects, it's a no-lose game for Because if we win, great. But if we get beat, you'd be saying, would well, you have taken seven wins and a derby feast at the start, derby feast at the start of the season? Yeah. I would have. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I would have. Um, so as long as as long as it's not a major thing, it's not it's not the end of the world that we do get beat. And as I say, we won't. I, I like to think we won't get beat because we haven't turned up or you know not competed or whatever. Um, and 
I think uh, so. In, in some in some respects, it's a free hit for us mm. tomorrow. Looking at it positively, yeah. So just be, just be interesting. And of course, pr- pressure on Liverpool to uh, to respond because you know in the in the very recent history of Liverpool, back to back defeats just don't happen, do they? Well, that, that's what, but like, I know you were saying about like, sort of like they've won that. I agree with what Penner was saying before, it's another derby for Liverpool, but actually, it's a bit more significant game on the back of a 7 2, isn't it? You know, they, they're, they're under a bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they conceded leads, they conceded three games leads on the opening day. Then the last season, they conceded, was it four at City, three at home to Chelsea? They conceded three at Watford. So mm. it, it, there's a pattern, you know. It's not it's not a one off that filler game, is it? So I just, as I say, I just think I'm 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 super confident about tomorrow. You know, Brilliant. wow, super confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but why not? Why not? I know why not. Yeah, you know, because of the caveats I said earlier. Because they're such a good side, and I'm not sure. Yeah, they are. They are a good team. You know, you see their team, and I think Alcantara will be playing tomorrow only, and yeah, that's and an interesting one. Sorry, oh, yeah, Phil. Yeah. Mm. That that I think is that is the their front three's never played against us together, have they? Is that right? Is that right? Is that I, think, I think it is right, yeah. I think that's right as well. So um, so when you see the team with the front three and Alcantara and Fabinho and Henderson or whatever, you're thinking, wow, that is a really good team. You see the defence and the, the attack and threats of the fullbacks, but actually, unless we're very much mistaken, last time I've got been seven of Villa. I'll be with a couple of players missing. Yes. You know, so anything can happen, really. Absolutely, anything can happen. Uh, and on that note, I will uh, I will go to the customary predictions uh, to end the pod. Uh, Pronel, Everton versus Liverpool in the two, 237th Merseyside derby. It's 30 tomorrow. Um, what's going to be uh, what's going to be the score? I dearly, dearly, dearly want Adam Jones to be right again. <laughs> He's got an astonishing record to, to maintain. So no pressure, Ad, but this is all on yeah. you. <laughs> oh, great. I, I'm, I'm going to go for, as I said earlier, I, I think it could be very, very unpredictable. I think it'll be a lot more open than uh, we've seen at Goodison in recent years. And I think it'll be 2-2. I think it'll be a draw. There'll be uh, you know, sort of plenty of open attacking football. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, you know. So I hope that we can, you know, sort of steal a real miserable miserly one nil win. But no, I, th- I think it's going to be, a, I think it'll be a draw. I'm going to go for two two. Um, Gav will come to you next. Uh, um, can I just say, by the way, I know Adam's like running away with the league. He has an advantage going last in the predictions. You can see what anybody else has said. I've got a score in my head that I'm picking. Yeah, yeah. I've thought long and hard about this. I, I just, I just think there's a bit of inequality in the, uh, in the, in the process here for that needs to be visited. You know, okay, um, okay. Well, well, I know. I, I would expect Adam to change his mind any time. To be fair, uh, Gavin, I'll, 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 I'll create a 17-page big, uh, big project, big picture document, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, and yeah, uh, we'll right. look into reviewing the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we can, we can sell, we can sell the overseas rights for this separately, can't we? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go over to the bull now. There you go. Wow. Okay, now for the big one. The, the, the prediction that on, every, everybody listening to this pod wants to know, Ad. There's goals in this game. Uh, I've, 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 I've thought long and hard about whether I want to go for 4-3 or 3-2. And I'm going to go for 3-2. Oh, 
Three two. I'll, I'll just yeah. I, I feel. I just feel like there's goals in this game, but, but I reckon Everton are going to make it. Everton are going to make. I can't yes. not pick an Everton win. Come on. You've made yeah. my day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If, if that happens, you know what? If that happens, and that's, now you've said it, I'm sure it will. That will be the <laughs> Everton. Have never, Everton have never won the derby match three two. I'm, I'm saying this here yeah, live on the podcast. If that happens, Adam, and if you get that right, a bottle of champagne is getting delivered to your house. That's yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. To, <laughs> to be honest spark, with you, lads. Sparkling wine, champagne. Said no, champagne. champagne. Not Echo Falls, champagne. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, lads, I think you'll have about 100 fans bringing a bottle of champagne out to your house. Just just for the other predictions that have come in from, from uh, pod regulars, Chris Beasley 1-1. Sam Carroll 2-2 and anybody who watched our who was present for our Royal Blue live um, pod which we did 18 months ago uh, yeah. I, uh, I predicted 0-0 for the upcoming derby and got booed on stage but it was correct <laughs> but it was correct and unfortunately my uh, my sort of nervous attitude towards tomorrow is actually going to force me to say 0-0 again oh my well that's an 18 to 1 <laughs> shot if you fancy that it's uh the last three in succession have finished nil nil. If you think it's going to happen again, eighteen to one. So you know, you make go. yourself a few bob on it. <laughs> Indeed, chaps. Uh, thank you very much for your company. Brilliant stuff as always, and thank you very much for listening. Of course, the Echo will be at Goodison uh, to bring you uh, all the best coverage from the two hundred thirty seventh Merseyside derby. Of course, all the news, opinions to follow after the game and into Sunday, and hopefully, reviewing and. Uh, pouring over a first victory over them in a decade. Uh, Chaps, thanks very much. And thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.